Welcome to Compliance Pointers, where we take an in-depth look into the latest news, trends, and challenges surrounding information security, privacy, and marketing compliance. Let's dive in with your host, Jordan Eisner. Welcome to Compliance Pointers. I'm your host, Jordan Eisner, VP of Sales at Compliance Point. If you're not familiar, Compliance Point is a mid-sized consulting firm that helps organizations reduce risk by maturing data security and privacy operations. Today, we're talking about CMMC, or the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. I'm joined by Chris Avicon, a security consultant in our cybersecurity group. Chris, tell us our listener, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. What's going on, everybody? I'm Chris Sabicon. I'm a 10-year Navy veteran with a background in IT. My journey in IT and the Navy has allowed me to explore a gamut of diverse roles, from Navy Blue Team Analyst, to, which involved safeguarding networks against cyber threats, to Tactical Network Engineer, which uh, helped me hone my skills in edge computing and in challenging austere environments. And in the latter years of my Naval service, I became an IT manager, where I led a team of amazing sailors in supporting a maritime operations center and its system information system accreditation. Since then, I've transitioned into the civilian sector where I'm blessed to work at Compliance Point as a security consultant, where I continue to address clients' complex security challenges and leveraging my experience to provide guidance and insight. Nice. Yes. Thank you for that, Chris. So, uh, like I said, we're talking CMMC, which is a cybersecurity certification organizations need to hold in order to work with the Department of Defense, right? The DOD. Right. And so we're going to explore the requirements to achieve certification. We're going to talk about some of the challenges organizations can expect along the way. Um, we'll get into the benefits of CMMC certification. But before we do any of that, really my first question or from what I've seen of it is, it was it was all ready to start and get going, and then there was a pause, and and perhaps it started again. Um, but it seems like maybe in the marketplace there's a little bit of uncertainty. As you know, is it a hard fast? We're ready. You know, it's here. You can get certified. Uh, you know, what other requirements might come out of it? Where does it sit ultimately? I guess is what I'm asking. You know, for our listeners today, it almost seems a little bit fluid. How how would you describe or? preface that before we get into some of the questions about meeting the requirement or getting certified. Right. So I do want to preface with, uh, as of November 22nd, this year, 2023, which was last week, the OIRA, which is the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, has actually completed their review of nine CMMC model documents, which clears the way for publication. So this means that the rule, CMMC rule could be published soon, really as early as mid-December, but really we're not really sure given it's the holidays and things of that nature, right? So that being said, um, I predict a phased rollout of CMMC, so certain contractors, more likely to contractors that have a high risk, high priority mission will probably be more likely to uh, be will be more likely to have to adhere to the rule, but as it stands right now, it's still notional. Okay. Understood. And is it something that, in your experience, and I know this is a little maybe off script, but in your experience, organizations are readying for, preparing for, so when it is officially out, I mean, they're ready, they're ready to go, or do right. you find that maybe companies are waiting for the direction right on on maybe 
new requirements, new things before they start the legwork on it? I mean, really, in my honest experience, companies, more companies are actually more willing to wait until actually be proactive on their, you know, cybersecurity accreditation, right? Because a lot of companies don't look at cybersecurity as really affecting their bottom line at the, at the at that point in time, right? So until it does affect that bottom line, right? Until it says, hey, you need to have this contract in place, or you need to have this in place to gain this DOD contract, you know, that's when that's when companies start getting their gear together, getting their stuff together. So um, definitely recommend getting ahead of it. But historically, I've seen a lot of companies, I've seen a lot of, you know, even in, even organizations within the DOD, right? They'll wait till the last minute because it's it's uh, it's human nature, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen that with other frameworks for sure. But mm-hmm. I think that lends itself a lot of this next question, right? Because NIST 800-171 has been out there. So how does CMMC differ, right, from other cybersecurity requirements like that? What implications does this have for contractors? Right. So unlike NIST uh, 800-171, which primarily focuses on providing a framework for cybersecurity standards and controls, CMMC actually mandates a certification process. So this certification ensures that contractors not only understand the requirements, but also implementing, right? So they're not just saying, hey, we're in compliance. They actually must demonstrate it through assessment, which adds that letter of labor, letter of, layer of credibility for their cybersecurity practices. Now, their implications are really significant because now they need to be more proactive in their cybersecurity efforts. So they need to ensure that they meet the specified standards for their specific levels, right? So this might require investing in new technologies or processes, or in some cases, seeking external expertise to ensure compliance, right? So then the more streamlined nature of CMMC allows for a more focused approach to compliance than its predecessor, CMMC 1.0. But it also means that each level is more critical and requires a careful attention to detail. Okay. And sort of a bolt-on question that I think you sort of answered it, but maybe just re-asking it in a different way for the audience. So. Mm-hmm. What if you're an organization and you're a NIST shop and you feel you're all aligned with 800-171? Should you feel relatively confident that you could be CMMC certified? I would say that's that's a true statement. If if you already have gone through an 800-171 process or at least have gone through the controls, checked your uh, checked your methodology and checked your processes and procedures and everything with 800-171, Alpha, which is the assessment guidelines, then I believe there wouldn't be too much of an effort minus the required documentation that CMMC may have that you might need to provide, right? To make it CMMC-ish, right? To to make it into a CMMC package, it requires perhaps certain templates or you know things like that. But we don't know that rule as it as it stands just yet. But that said, getting ready with 800-171 is is a very good way to get going with CMMC. Okay. So it's a big framework, big certification, you know, big requirement for somebody taking this on, you know, that's mm-hmm. not a big contractor, right? So not necessarily the mom and pops, but but the small, the mid-sized organizations, right, that are going to be faced with CMMC compliance. What's your recommendations, right, for how they approach this? Right. So we're talking small, medium businesses, right? They 
A lot of them don't have the budgets. A lot of them have fewer in-house cybersecurity resources, which makes require which may, makes meeting the requirements for CMMC challenging. So the, the reduction of to three levels in CMMC, there's so there's three levels in CMMC provide a clear path for compliance, but the requirements at the advanced and expert levels are still very daunting. So the cost of implementing necessary cybersecurity measures and the potential need for uh, external audit and certification can be significant. So that means these businesses need to prioritize certain aspects of their business and cybersecurity over others to find more cost-effective solutions. So, so to address these challenges, right, like I think we already kind of went over it, you know, we can small businesses and medium-sized businesses can go and start a thorough self-assessment of their cybersecurity posture against CMMC. So this helps in identifying any potential critical gaps that need attention and also they need to collaborate and find knowledge sharing with other organizations and in industry, right? That can help them. Additionally, they should consider outsourced or cloud-based security solutions that can help them provide security measures at a more manageable cost instead of hiring a bunch of experts, things like that. That could be very costly to your organization. And then lastly, of course, I think this is the big one is regular training and awareness programs for employees, right? Because these human error is the biggest cause for security breaches. So if they've mm. got the human element, the people element down, I think CMMC or Indies small businesses can get along with CMC relatively quickly. Okay. So explain that tiered structure then, right? What does a company determine that? Um, are there steadfast objective, you know, size, scale, scope that determines that? What you know, how did how's the appropriate level determined or tier? Of CMMC by a company. Okay, yeah, no problem. So uh, CMMC has those three levels, right? So level one is the foundational level, level two is the advanced level, and level three is the expert level. Now, uh, the appropriate level is determined by the sensitivity of the information handled by the company. So for level one, it's for company, companies handling federal contract information, FCI. Which is uh, I'm gonna go ahead and make sure I don't mess this up. That it's the create it's information that is created by or on behalf of the government, right? Which can include process documentation, contract information, which requires that basic safeguarding, right? So it's not necessarily classified or anything like that. Something fancy. It's just you know contract information between organizations, right? Now level two is for those dealing with controlled unclassified information. So that's CUI. So that is information that's created by or on behalf of the federal government, which requires safeguarding. Now, while not classified, uh, these the information can be damaging to national security if all this information is aggregated, right? So this can include operational documents, um, physical security uh, information, you know, something as simple as, you know, something as simple as a, uh, uh, a work schedule for a company's security team, right? Or um, vulnerability scan documentation, right? So that should be considered unclassified information. Now, level three is for companies working in, uh, like I said earlier, that high security, high value, high risk projects that require the latest and greatest state-of-the-art cybersecurity practices, right? So that's going to be the, the big organizations that have that produce weapons and you know IT for the government, right? We all know who they are. But more, they are more than likely going to have to go through a CMMC level three certification. Mm. Now, while level one only requires a self-assessment, third-party assessments are required for level two and three. 
specifically with level three requiring an, an assessment from the DIBCAP, which stands for the Defense Industrial Based Cybersecurity Assessment Center. So, and then determining the appropriate level for an organization, for an organization it actually involves assessing the nature of the work that they do with the DOD and the types of information they handle. So in this case, companies really need to thoroughly understand the processes of CMMC for each level and evaluate their practices against these standards. Then this assessment can only can not only determine the current compliance level, but also helps in identifying areas that need improvement to meet that desired level, right? And then it's important for companies to engage with qualified assessors to get a clear picture of their compliance status they really developed that um, timeline of roadmap for achieving the necessary level of certification. You mentioned something there too about a third party assessment. And this isn't just any third party that says they can do a CMMC assessment, right? Or certification. This is, what is it? Is it 3PAO, right? Yes, it's C3, Certified Third Party Assessment Organization, C3PAO. So those, those are the ones that can do level two assessments, right? But what's interesting is that for level three assessments, they the, the defense uh, industrial base won't let it go to you know the, the private sector. They the, the government will still have to do a level three assessment. Mm-hmm. So that's the big difference. And, and of course, the increased number of controls, right? So level three also encompasses in, uh, 800-172, which is a, which is which augments 800-171. Okay, learn something new every day. Yeah, for sure. So talking about it, talking about 800-172, right? Um, another big federal uh, cyber risk or at least information security risk certification or program out there is FedRAMP, right? Yeah. The Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program. How CMMC, how do the requirements intersect with that? So CMMC and FedRAMP both aim to protect uh, federal information, but they're they're different purposes, right? CMMC is specifically tailored to confidentiality and integrity uh, for defense contractors, specifically concerning the concern to protection of controlled and classified information. While FedRAMP applies to cloud services for the federal government. So if the federal government wants to use a, a specific cloud service, AWS, Azure, right, they've got to be FedRAMP accredited at the specific level. So there is an overlap of security controls. Uh, so compliance with one can aid in achieving uh, aspects of another, but organizations obviously have to understand both sets of requirements to ensure they fully meet those compliance needs. So sure. in this case, to kind of effectively manage both, the companies can really benefit from integrating their compliance efforts, finding uh, commonalities with each, doing a risk assessment. Um, they can create those synergies and you know, things like that. But it's also beneficial for companies to really stay ahead of the changes in both frameworks because they're always changing. Right, the security standards are always evolving. So regular consultations with cybersecurity professionals and experts can really help them align their strategies with both CMMC and FedRAMP. Well put. All right, this uh, next question, I think is obvious for you and me, right? Yeah. The, the, the benefits of, of CMMC, but we live in this space, right? We work in this right. space, this is what we do, this is what we you know, preach and eat sleep, breathe, whatever. Um, what's the long-term benefit CMMC compliance organizations in this industry, right? Working with the DOD, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's in it for them, the small and size besides these huge owner's right. task of subsecurity policies and procedures and control requirements? Yes, there's a 
contract and a relationship on the other end, but what else, right? Um, should they look forward to or see as a benefit of this program? See that. So it's it's a great program because any 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 of these types of certifications, you know, ISO 27001, PCIDSS, CMMC, they're they're great specifically for CMMC in the federal industry in achieving and maintaining CMMC compliance. It signifies to the community and the market out there that they're committed to cybersecurity, right? The commitment is uh, recognized as a competitive advantage, which can help them gain those contracts through the DoD, right? So. I figured, you know, trust is paramount, right? Trust is paramount in the industry, specifically with cybersecurity. So robust practices can really differentiate a company from another with all these cybersecurity breaches going on in the environment and in the news. And then last, I mean, further, like CMMC compliance can help identify and mitigate vulnerabilities. So reducing the risk of cyber incidents, which can be obviously costly in terms of reputation. So but like beyond the defense sector, right? So CMMC compliance is, you know, serves well to for federal and private sector opportunities because cybersecurity becomes a priority across all sectors. So the stringent standards of the CMMC serve as like a good benchmark for best practices in cybersecurity, right? Um, so it also fosters that culture of security within that organization where employees are really more vigilant and aware of their cybersecurity risks, right? So this culture shift, I would say, is like the most invaluable part about getting CMMC compliant because it helps right. proactively address the emergent cyber threats and then while adapting to new challenges. So really I'll end with saying that it's not just a regulatory requirement, CMMC, but it's also a strategic investment in the future right. of the organization. Right. And I'd say for executives listening of those small and mid-sized companies, um, don't just push us off on the CISO or CIO or you know anybody in your organization is going to own this and put them on an island, right? Support them, right. message the whole organization around it, why, why this is important for us as a company. Um, really um, incentivize teamwork, right, to accomplish oh, yeah. the goal. Because to your point earlier, right, a lot of there's a lot of people controls that need to go in place because that's where a lot of the risk is. But it's a it's a it's a tall task, right? Getting CMMC certified or any of these information security frameworks and you need buy-in from the executive team you need buy-in from the employees and a lot of times that starts there with with messaging. so uh last question you mentioned earlier talking about keeping update these are going to change there's going to be new requirements how can organizations do that right with cmmc in particular? yeah so yeah with cmmc i mean like i said before it requires a proactive and informed approach right so client organizations companies should really consider establishing a dedicated team or a role focused on the cybersecurity compliance, I mean, given budget constraints, right? So, but then this team could be ultimately responsible for monitoring updates to CMMC, interpreting how these changes can affect the organization, and then implementing the necessary adjustments within their organization as they, as they come to be. Um, regular training and education of uh, programs for companies is also crucial, like I, like I said before, because fostering a culture where every employee is aware of their role is really paramount, and really guard against all these compliance risks, right? And lastly, you know, leveraging technology, right? We can leverage technology to streamline these compliance efforts because they can be highly effective. Like tools like, uh, tools such as compliance management software, like Hyperproof can really help in tracking changes managing documentation and ensuring that security controls are adequately applied where they need to be applied. And then lastly, 
I think building relationships with industry groups, attending conferences, engaging with authorized organizations, you know, can really provide that insight. So, and ultimately ongoing compliance with CMMC is really about, you know, adapting and evolving to the cybersecurity landscape. And then we're really staying informed, prepared and agile is key to maintaining the bottom line and success. Huh. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. I think that about does it. Uh, it was great having you on the podcast. For our listeners, thank you, of course, for listening. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you subscribe to avoid missing future episodes. That, again, was to our listeners. If you are subscribed and enjoying the content, please be sure to leave us a review. Lastly, if you're interested in learning more about Compliance Point, check us out online, compliancepoint.com. You can email in, actually, and inquire with us at connect at compliancepoint.com, or you can reach out to Chris or me via LinkedIn. Absolutely. Uh, we'd be happy to help that way. So that about does it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>